This is the city. The city of Absalom. The city at the center of the world. Absalom is celebrating the Radiant Festival, a three-month festival of epic proportions held once every hundred years. The celebration attracts all types. Tourists, performers, merchants, inventors, as well as unsavory types, petty thieves, gangs, cults, and criminal enterprises. That's where we come in. We protect and serve. We are the agents of Edgewatch. Hey everyone, welcome to Roll for Combat Agents of Edgewatch. I'm your GM and host, Stephen Glicker, and in this week's episode, the agents get ready to infiltrate another nefarious lair, only this time they need to really get into the role. So a few things real quick. First of all, Chris in the beginning of this episode is playing with crap on his desk. I apologize for that. I tell him every week, stop fiddling with stuff on your desk because you can hear it on the podcast. And I have to say, anyone who plays role-playing games knows that this happens. I do it myself. I'm always playing with miniatures or dice or doodling or something, which is probably why I'm a GM, because as a PC, I am often bored out of my mind, and I need to constantly keep my brain active and occupied, so I can totally understand that these are habits that are very hard to break. And yes, he is playing with, I think, like bars of silver or something. I don't know. He's got weird stuff on his desk. Anyhow, I apologize when you hear that in the beginning of the episode. Next up, we are going to be talking about the letter of the law versus the intention of the law. What do I mean by that? Well, this is something I want to discuss. So when it comes to role-playing games, there's a lot of rules. And the rules that govern spells and combat, I feel, are always perfect. Well, not perfect, but really, really good. And they're very, very easy for you to picture in your mind. If you swing that sword and you roll well, you hit. If you cast that spell and you roll poorly, you miss. That totally makes sense. Now, the other rule set I want to talk about is any rules that govern, I don't know, diplomacy or role-playing or intimidation, basically the talking rules. These are the rules that say, hey, you know that bad guy you were trying to kill five seconds ago? He totally hates your guts. But then you as the PC say, aha, I have a feat that allows them to love me. I'm going to roll. And then they roll 20 and they go, aha, now they love me. And even though, yes, I was trying to kill them and stab them five seconds ago, now they love me. And now you have to have them love you. And then it gets really complex for the GM to have bad guys who are usually designed to fight and not act in their best interest to help the PCs suddenly help them. And it can really upset the balance of the game. It can make it very hard for you to keep secrets from the PCs. I can go on and on why it is not a good idea for the uh, bad guys to suddenly become friends with the PCs. Anyhow, what I'm getting at is in the rules, if you play them as written, the rules go like this. Hey, that guy hates my guts. Let me put all my skills and feats and abilities into diplomatic items and now all I need to do is roll the dice and if I roll really well now they love me as opposed to hating me and that's that now as a GM I feel it's really unsatisfying that all they need to do is just roll dice and I had to say it but this has been an issue with me and this group for a while is that they feel look the rules say as written I don't need to actually role play this out 
I don't need to do anything. According to the rules, if I put all my feats into diplomatic feats and I put a lot of points into charisma and did this and built my character to have these abilities, why do I need to roleplay it out? Why can't I simply roll the dice as the rules say where it says, okay, now they're friendly and now they're my buddy and that's that. Why do I have to actually say anything? I don't need to describe spells. I don't need to describe combat. I don't need to describe my reflex saves. Why do I need to describe how they become friendly? And you know what? They are kind of not wrong. According to the rules, you don't need to do that. You don't need to actually say how they go from hating your guts to suddenly your best friend in six seconds through role-playing or descriptions. You just don't need to do it. According to the rules, it's just a dice roll. And for whatever reason, I have a mental block on that. I feel it just makes for a much better game if they actually describe what they're doing. I don't know. It's, it's me. It's something that I just have a problem with. Now, this is something we as a group have been discussing for a long time. This has been going on for 20 plus years because I'm usually the GM and a lot of times these guys actually put points into this. And Seth is the one who has become the face of the party. He's put a huge amount of points and efforts into diplomacy. And I am able to actually convince them because this is a podcast and I want them to actually, you know, act it out a little that instead of just going raw and just saying, look, you just roll the dice and whatever happens, happens, try to act it out a little, at least for the sake of the podcast. And the good news is they do. And he actually really comes around. They do a really good job in the next couple of episodes of doing this. But it is a fascinating discussion of how do you roleplay diplomatic roles? Do you just roll the dice or do you actually act about it? How do you do it at your table? I will say I do see the point of the PCs because I have also played with GMs who say if you play a bard, which by the way, the bard is one of my favorite classes, I often will play a bard, and they say, oh, if you're gonna actually use any of your singing abilities, you have to actually sing at the table. That's right, I played with GMs more than once, this is actually not uncommon, that force you to actually sing, or at least do a little ditty. If you're gonna try to, I don't know, inspire courage or do anything musical, they don't like it if you just do a roll and magically everyone can hit better or dodge better. And I can kind of see the point of view because now I'm on the other side. I'm the PC. Hey, hey, why can't I just roll the dice? Why do I have to actually sing? It says right here in the rules. I just have to roll the dice. I don't have to sing. And now suddenly I'm Seth. I totally get it. I see where they're coming from. But, you know, I guess, you know, everyone has their druthers when it comes to role-playing versus dice rolling. And to me, if I'm playing my bard, can I just roll the dice, please? Do I not have to sing? Because I can't really sing that great. I will say on the other show, Vanessa, she sings all the time. And I want to make her play a bard because... If she was playing a bard, I can see her singing constantly. That would be awesome. And it would make for a great podcast. You know, I got to talk to her about that because if she ever dies, I think she should do a bard next. Anyhow, with that, let's get to this week's show notes where we have a big, big announcement. New podcast. Woohoo! So first up in show notes, the big announcement is that we are recording a new podcast with the original team from The Fall of Plague Stone. 
If anyone listened to The Fall of Plague Stone, which is one of our most popular podcasts of all time, you will know that it sort of ended on a cliffhanger. For those of you who have not listened to it, I don't want to spoil anything, but let's just say at the end, it ends the adventure, but there's a lot of loose ends. There's a lot of things dangling out there that people are like, wait a second, you guys didn't wrap anything up. You kind of just wrapped up the adventure, but there's still tons of character development to go. Very much like Star Wars or The Empire Strikes Back, where it's like, yeah, you finished the story, but you still got all that character crap left out there. What's going on? Well, guess what? We are doing the sequel. We are going to pick up after the fall of Plague Stone about a year, year and a half later, and you will get to find out what happened to those characters, and they're going to start a brand new adventure. And this adventure is going to go into the history of Celeste Carvassalon. I know everyone wants to know what the heck is going on with the Carvassalons, and you will find out in this new adventure. Now, when are we going to be recording this? We are going to be playing this game instead of Three Ring Adventure. The reason is that this actually happens a lot during the summer. Usually during the summer, we take off a month or two or sometimes even three, believe it or not, because a lot of people are traveling. A lot of people want to take some time off. A lot of people just aren't around. So we are actually taking off about six to eight weeks for circus. And I figured that will be the perfect time to record the other adventure, which I've been wanting to do for a while. And that's the sequel to The Fall of Plaguestone. So this is going to be recorded on Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern. And if you are a Patreon for five bucks, you can listen to us recording this live. And we are starting this right away. We are starting this on June 6th. And you can actually watch us and listen to us and hang out with us while we record the show. If you miss an episode or two, don't worry. We'll be able to catch you up. The people in this podcast are very, very talkative to the Patreons during and after the show. And they'll happily get you up to speed if you missed any. So to listen to the show live, all you need to do is go to patreon.rollforcombat.com. If you become a $5 patron, you can listen to all the shows live. You, you can listen to any of them whenever we record live, which is usually Sunday nights and Monday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern. You can, you know, hang out with us, chat with everyone, watch us play. You can actually see the board when we're playing live. And here's the nice thing. I don't know when this is going to go up as a podcast. The sequel to Plague Stone might not be up for several months. It might not even be up till about September or so because I need to find time to add a third podcast into the rotation. I barely have time for two and I have to finish the RPG Superstar book. So that is taking precedence. I'm going to be running this game, but the editing of the podcast, as soon as I think I could even think about editing this thing, is august so i don't expect it to be live on the stream until september at the soonest so if you really want to know what's going on do check out the live show in fact we'll probably finish the show before it even gets posted as a podcast now people are wondering what are we going to be running i can't tell you you're going to have to uh, join the patreon and listen to the show live but i promise you the adventure is going to be amazing it is going to be a horror adventure that's all i'm gonna say i love horror adventures they're my absolute favorite and this one is hardcore horror really crazy stuff it's a great adventure i love this adventure they are gonna have a fantastic time and also we are playing with all the new rules because the last time we played with these adventures 
it was when Pathfinder just came out. It was so new that we had the core rulebook and that was it. That's all we had. But it's been a year and a half since we last saw them, so they had plenty of time to retrain. I allowed them to update their characters, to use all the new rules, so you get to see what they kind of had in their mind when they created these characters, because they didn't quite have the rules to actually create the characters they wanted. But now with all the new rules, they're able to modify, fine-tune, and make their characters just the way they wanted. And we're going to be picking up where we last left off with some modifications. Do check that out. Once again, starting this June 6th, we're going to be having the very first game. This might be coming out or you're listening to this after we record it. That's fine. I promise you, you can come in late. We will catch you up and you'll know exactly what's going on. Plus, the first couple of weeks is going to be a lot of backstory. So the real meat of the adventure probably won't start for several more weeks into June. So do check that out. So the show notes are going long, so real quick, RPG Superstar going really well. I'm continuing the layout, we're continuing the editing, we are testing it out with the printer, so that is hopefully on track to be coming out for Gen Con this year. And then finally, do make sure you check out the Discord channel, just go to discord.rollforcombat.com, you can play games, hang out with us, see spoilers, and talk about the shows all you want, or talk about the RPG Superstar book where I do answer questions because lots of people have questions about that book because I am keeping a lot of it secret right now. Anyhow, with that, let's get to this week's exciting episode. Last we left off, you foiled the robbery at the Penny and Sphinx Trust. That's right, you managed to save the civilians. Well, you didn't. Gomez managed to save the civilians. And you managed to foil the bad guys, save the day. You even gave an exclusive interview. You came back, your heroes once again. You got some fat loots. And now you're level six. Level six, the big level. Okay, not the big level, this sort of big level. Level seven is a big level. That's where you're going to start becoming experts at things but in the meantime you are level six and what does that mean does anyone want to tell me all the cool things you got at level six anyone oh i can be the quickest because i only got really one thing john stats is playing cadet dougie mcdougall a human ruffian rogue dougie mcdougall he got bigger stronger faster done that's yeah, it. Yeah, I got a, Well, I have a plus two. I'm a wary disarmament. Plus two circumstance uh, to saves in arm class versus traps or devices that I fail to disarm. And I don't know. Does that include uh, fail to dis- detect as well? Well, you have all these things. So you have trap finder, which gives you a plus one. Yeah, bonus against yeah. tray against saves. You also have wary disarmament, which is a plus two bonus versus traps on devices you fail to disarm. So, so I have to try to. I have to know about it. Believe it or not, if you set it off or someone else sets it off, you get a plus one to your save. But if you purposely screw up the trap, you get a plus two to your save. So plus three. Um, no, Kill. they don't stack. It's yeah. circumstance. Circumstance stacks, doesn't it? Yeah. Does that? Wary disarmament is circumstance. 
So if that circumstance doesn't... stacks, I'm pretty sure. I thought almost nothing. Maybe that one is the one that's yeah. Circumstance is a good one. Yeah, because it doesn't stack. Because the circumstances could get better and better and better. You know, I you thought know that was I the. Don't, I don't know circumstance stacks. I'll, I'll check. I'll do. I'll look it up. You know, I mean, as far as I know, basically you always take the better. That's how it always works. There's there is like one or two that do stack, but basically, whenever same thing happens like with poisons and. It works on everything. Like they simplified in Pathfinder Second. It's like if you get a plus one or two or three, you take the plus three. That's it. That's all you get. Anyhow, you also get pluses to your armor class with all these things you took. You get plus two for nimble dodge, plus one on your armor class for trap finder, and plus two on your um armor for wary disarmament. You are a trap magnet. You can find them and set them off, and you should be okay while everyone else will take damage. Good job, Dougie. Thank you. And that's kind of it. You got a few of them. That's pretty much that's it. That's pretty yeah. much I it. I didn't get <laughs> much. I was like, yeah, you didn't you get said, much. This year's like, oh, this is going to be a good level. And I'm like looking at it. I'm like, well, wait a minute. I don't see. Okay, you, you didn't. You, you kind of okay, short good. ended the deal. All right. but, I don't but... mind that. As long as <laughs> I'm not level missing for me. something. Yeah, but, I'm not... Well, you know why? Because a lot of fighters get um attacks of opportunity and other effects like that at level six like i don't know i think low man got some special ability at yes. level six i Lo believe Mang did get something Didn't at they? level six low man are you done john chris beamer is playing low man an orc tiefling monk of the crane style uh actually steve was correct two uh bonuses of the same type never stack there you go. Although I don't know if Trap Finder is a circumstance. They're all circumstance. They're, they're all circumstance. Okay. Places. So you get a plus two. It's okay. It's still sure. really good. It's still really good. Just remember to use it because um, I'm sure I'll forget. Lo Mang. Lo all Mang right. has gone back to the monastery and learned more. Learned more on, to enhance his crane style kung fu unarmed attack. So, well, one thing, I'll, I'll get to that, but uh, first, uh, it did take Titan Wrestler, uh, which is a skill feat, which is, for something I never do, but maybe I'll start, is I can attempt to disarm, grapple, shove, or trip any creatures up to two size larger than me. So, I'm guessing that that's an issue on larger things. If you don't have that, you can't do it, I'm, I'm guessing. No, so, basically you yeah. can't. No. So, I'm, uh, so, I'm thinking I might play around with that a little. And then... For his crane technique, the crane stance, which is good because six all the even levels um, monks get their monk feats, which are the are really good. And you want I, w I want more of these. <laughs> uh, but anyways, <laughs> crane flutter is good. It's uh basically when someone attacks you as a reaction you, before you before they roll, uh you your bonus to AC goes from a plus one to plus three. And if they miss, you get to do an immediate counter strike. Wow, which is nice. And uh, and 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 it's with another thing. It's it's kind of like kung fu-y and supernatural in that even if the attacker isn't within your reach, you can still counter strike them. So like, let's say a big ogre from like has reach on you, attacks you, misses, you can like attack their arm. I guess is the, is the theory there. So that's kind of yeah. cool. So it's it's like a reaction. It's similar to like a uh, attack of opportunity. Yeah, you have. It's interesting. I've never seen anything like this. It's a specific reaction attack it's like a very specific attack of opportunity unfortunately you get a minus two 
Right, you do get a minus two to, to the hit, yep. Which is a little weird, but I guess it counteracts, like, crane stance. It's good, it's good. I mean, it's it's a free attack. It basically, it increases your armor class by two and gives you a free attack on anything that can reach you. So you're right, so if something has, like, reach 15 and it strikes at you, you can still hit it. As opposed to attack of opportunity, that's not how that works. Because right. they can be far away, and you can't reach them, then you can't attack them. And the so attack of opportunity cool. is it has to it has to have a trigger of like them leaving a, a space or whatever. Yes. Like this, like you're like the way I see it is you're gonna get you're always gonna get attacked. So like you should more or less be able to use this once a turn. And I guess you can decide which attack to use it on too. To be honest, I mean you could use it on their second attack. Yeah, yep. Yeah. You can do it whenever you want, but only once. Per but turn. you can only do it once per round because it's a reaction. Per round, right? Right. So uh, and you can only use this because now we're getting into reactions. Reactions only start once your turn happens, basically. So like right. if you're at the end of the uh, initiative, you can't use your reaction until you're up. Right. Because you are like flat footed, more or less. It's yeah, more or less. And that's one thing, especially as we get up to higher levels. It's not just you for me too. Like, there's a lot more abilities. Like, the monsters are more complex. You're more complex. Like, it's funny. I, like, I didn't really notice a lot of these things. But as both games are now up to like level six, level seven, characters and monsters, they're definitely getting. Uh, they're they're definitely getting up in the complexity level for uh, abilities and when they go off. Yeah. Who's next? Who wants to go next? Um, I'd be willing to go next. Jason McDonald is playing Basil Blackfeather, a Tengu empiricist investigator. Ooh, it's Basil. Mine's actually a little complicated, or at least it's it's busy. It's not complicated. First, if it's still okay, I want to correct something from level five. Um, I just I made a mistake reading the rules, and I would like to switch my ancestry feat to eat fortune. Basically, what that does is, if there is a uh, fortune effect, like a luck effect, the the adva advantage disadvantage type thing, I can actually cancel it out. So that's kind of fancy. You eat the luck. I eat the luck out of the th air. Yes, that's so weird. So, that is really weird. Yeah, as as a just passive it happens thing at level six, I gain access to level two spells. Though I can only have one equipped at a time. My two choices for now are Comprehend Languages and Invisibility. Wait, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. You eat the luck? Seth Lipton is playing Gomez, a goblin elementalist sorcerer. I eat the luck, yes. You you, you bastard, you're going to eat all of our 20s. Yeah, Every time we true. roll a one, I'm going to blame you. I don't yeah. think yeah. it works that you, way, you, but, you ate our luck. but I accept that I'm going to get blamed either way. <laughs> On to actual things that were choices... Uh, my class feat, you guys are going to, Basil and Dougie are going to like this, uh, is shared stratagem. Basically, what I can do is if my devise a stratagem works, if it's successful, I can also share that information with one one other person, which gives them flat-footed on the same target. Oh, nice. that's a good thing. Um, Although I don't get a bonus for flat-footed. Get a plus two to still get the plus two. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. I'm talking about the extra die. But I also get, uh, uh, for my skillful lessons ability, I took snare crafting. After the whole thing at the bank, I decided I wanted to learn how to craft snares. And as a regular skill feat, I took assurance on medicine, which basically is the equivalent of a take 10. Nice. So, I can th so now we get into a situation I can guarantee I make a roll. That's good. Particularly for a treat wounds in combat is probably worth having. So this is something I've said before, but I'll note it again. Assurance is interesting because 
Take 10 was completely removed from Pathfinder and Assurance took it over. But Assurance is actually better than a Take 10 because if you have Insurance, you get a 10 no assurance, matter what. Right. Period. Like if you, yeah, Assurance, if you have a minus five to your role, but instead you use Assurance, the minus fives cancel out. Like no matter what. That's you get that. So ridiculous. You don't, you, don't get any, you don't get the plus either, though, right? Like, you get no pluses or no, no minuses. It does get kind of crazy, not that you're using it, but like if you're using for acrobatics or athletics and you're trying to like trip or disarm. so broken. It can get a little broken. Can, I'm surprised. It can it... get a little broken, except it takes a lot out and it doesn't get as much broken as you think because. You have to make it, and the monsters usually have such high DCs. That's true. It's um, it, I actually was worried myself, but so far I haven't seen it break the system yet. And if it does, the nice thing is the worst you can get is flat-footed. There's not like, oh, it's a minus eight to your DC, to your AC. It's impossible. It's like, okay, you're flat-footed. Minus two, that's it. Like, you can't go above minus two. So, eh, you know, it's it's okay. It, it's uh, it's much better for healing, which is what. Jason and keep in mind, for. you have to take assurance on every skill that you want to use it on Correct. individually. So, Correct. it's a it's a it's very good. I've noticed on two things. It's very good on medicine. Yeah, and healing. For swashbucklers. It's very good for acrobatics. Those are the two things. Right. I was looking at it for acrobatics for eventually if I'm flying, because then you get there's like you can just not have to roll and roll that yep. one. You know. Yep. Yeah, you, well, you just don't even roll. You just fly yeah. and you stay flying. Right, so. right. It, it's good. It's good. But it does take a huge commitment if you're going to go that way. Stay on the ground, little man. <laughs> oh, I'm not staying on the ground. I'm going to have more than one. Oh, fly. stay on the. You fly. <laughs> it you flies. Die. It dies. <laughs> yeah, that's they die. If I fly, they die. <laughs> oh no, no, no! You become target. <laughs> Someone's got the monsters are going to yell pull, and then little man's going to go flying. <laughs> Yeah. What about Gomez? Did Gomez do anything special this level? I went classic, simple as they come. Last time I went with the classic fireball. This time the classic lightning bolt. Nice. Yes. In addition to that, I'm also even more intimidating. Like I, I can intimidate numbers of people now simultaneously for a week. Was there any? conflict in your uh in your um soul on another spell that you wanted to take other than uh, lightning bolt nah lightning yeah. bolt because yeah. it's like it, it's like electricity is kind of a thing it's great it's like uh, it's like a, it, sure if it, it fits because it's like a taser so he's like just, just souping up more and more taserish taserness right with that i actually prefer that than the than the uh, fireball okay so you that'd be mud mud ball, yeah mud exactly. Ball. It's it's not the same. You have uh, leveled up. You feel good. You went to sleep. You woke up. You enjoyed the fair, and you are called in first thing in the morning to see the sergeant. Hey, Sarge, how you doing? Sergeant Olo greets you, gives you all a big hearty handshake, and salutes. Says, says, "Oh, look, it's it's." Red Squad, the shining beacon of the guard of the Edge Watch. Oh, you, you guys are doing such a great job. Uh, in the paper every week, 
continuously making us look good. Every week. It's been one week. (laughs) (laughs) Almost every day. Every day. In fact, every week you're starting to starting to starting to fall down a little. In fact, uh, it used to be daily. Now it's weekly. What's going on? You got to be in the paper a little bit more. Come on, keep it up. That is true. This one did take three days to get to a, a, a clearly level. slacking of a. <laughs> yeah, so we uh, we talked to the Penny and Sphinx, and we talked to the Copper Hand Bandits, and it's time to bring the guild to justice. We need to find out who these Copper Hands are and what they're doing. Because, sure, these gangs are dime a dozen. They're all over the city. But this one, this one, not only did they rob a prestigious bank with advanced technology. I mean, did you see that sale? And then they had the whole float crash into the bank? I mean, that's really sophisticated there. And they had that advanced clockwork technology, that dig widget, that someone had to build for them. And then that skin stitch, that's, that's not a good combination. I mean, you got like necromatic skin stitches with clockwork technology. Something's up. This isn't your run of the mill gang. So we managed to do a little bit of snooping and find out that their headquarters are in the foreign district. So I got a meeting for you later today for you to go to the foreign district and meet with the Sleepless Sons. Captain Meliptra is in charge of the Sleepless Sons. And they're they're very nice. I really like working with them. I think you're going to enjoy working with them. They do a great job over there at Utter Home, their headquarters. So once you rest up, get whatever you need for today. Don't worry about your rounds. And go meet over with the captain and see what he has for you. Okay. Yes, sir. Aye, aye, sir. Sir, yes, sir. Okay. Well, go get some grub. I hear Sharky's been uh, upping his uh, his repertoire, and now mm. he's making eggs Benedict. Well, at least they call it eggs Benedict. Yeah, I exactly sure what's in there. I am all but, uh, over that eggs. Benedict. I don't, I don't, I don't like Benedict. that. Yeah, it yes. sounds like a goblin meal. Yes. <laughs> Coming from Sharky, it's a goblin meal. I'm right. Exactly. <laughs> Benedict, eggs Benedict is good, but not from. Uh, not from a mimic. Yeah. Any, dirty, any, filthy, garbage-eating mimic. Any uh, any aberration, pretty much a, a no-go. I'm with you. The eggs are an aberration. Then again, I'm an orc, so. Yeah. <laughs> That's, <laughs> I've, I've eaten some things. I've eaten things that'll make a billy goat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, before you go, Mr. Basil knows a bit about the Sleeping Sons, if anyone wants to question him about them. As they are one of the many watches in Absalom. Ooh. Basil knows about this? So let's hear it. What district do they operate out of? Basil. Stop being so coy, Basil. Spill your guts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can make you talk. Let's take them into the room. Intimidate them. All right. The Sleepless Sons are based out of the foreign quarter. Their headquarters is called Utter Home. And the captain is Shristi Maliptra. High-density housing and so many disparate personalities make crime in the foreign quarter fairly common, though infractions consist mostly of burglary and trespassing. The Sleepless Sons may occasionally deal with violent cults and misusers of powerful magic, but such villainy is the exception, not the rule. More often, the Sleepless Sons wrangle the fantastical and dangerous monsters 
that escaped from the district's massive Aurora Marina or the Pathfinder Society's Grand Lodge, and so their ranks include an outsized number of trained animal handlers and beast masters. The Sleepless Sons have a complex hierarchy incorporating ranks and titles from Gurundi, Ulfin, and Kelishite traditions. As a result, outsiders often find it difficult to navigate the labyrinthine command structure. The precinct's leadership encourages each guard to utilize their own fighting style, which includes traditions from across the Inner Sea region and beyond. Regardless of rank, the most highly regarded officers are those who earn a sword pin by doing battle in the Aurorium, a sign of martial prowess and respect for their district's unique character. The Sleepless Sun's leadership maintains an easygoing attitude, an agile mode of operations, and a wide regiment of impressive officers, making one of the most prestigious and respected precincts in Absalom. So unlike the Coins District, you are now dealing with someone you would be happy to share a lunch with, or breakfast, or a dinner. So you head on over to Utterhome, and you enter the bustling headquarters. As you walk in, a quiet order lies like a thick blanket across the muted bustling of the Sleepless Sun's headquarters, Utterhome. Each of the uniformed officers moves with focused purpose, quickly and efficiently processing prisoners, filing paperwork, and performing other routine tasks. Greetings, Captain Meliptra's voice is surprisingly light and melodic, considering his barrel-chested build. I must say, I'm quite thrilled to be meeting the famous Edgewatch agents, whose exploits have the whole city abuzz. In front of you, you see, well, the captain. He is a rather large man. He is decked out in the traditional Edgewatch colors of white, teal, and gold. He's wearing a turban. He has a thick beard and mustache and appears to be about 60 years of age and is a male human. He says, please, please, come, come. And he brings you into one of the meeting rooms where there is tea and crumpets. Mm. Mm. Quite fancy. All right, having not eaten any of that Eggs Benedict, I will have some tea and crumpets. Yes, that sounds better. Sounds civilized. You can see that this building is quite refined and reflecting the atmosphere of the foreign quarter. There seems to be a little bit of everything here. Nothing is quite like one style, if you will. He asks you to give him a recount, a personal recount of everything you've done up to now. He's quite curious how you became so popular so quickly. We give him that recount. One word. Teamwork. <laughs> <laughs> we, work, we operate well as a team. We're new recruits. And we've lit the city on fire. We've captured everybody's imagination. Got a lot of luck, too. People are lining up behind law and order. I think it's a, it's a good thing. People have... Uh, uh, there's more weight to the law now. Yes, you are doing an excellent, excellent job. He looks at Lomang. He says, Oh, Lomang, are you of Otter of the Crane? Ah, very perceptive, sir. Yes, I am. Ah, 
Perhaps we can go do a little kung fu later. I myself am of the heaven seeker style. Really? I don't yes. even. I've never even heard of that. <laughs> That's right, because it's a secretive style wow. only taught to those within the Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> <laughs> within my clan, but someone such as yourself, I would be honored to show you the methodology and the way Ooh. of my style, if you wish. Yes, uh, always w up for learning new styles and new martial arts. Dougie wants to uh, to, to study too. Can will he take Dougie as well? Sure, everyone yes. is welcome. Yes, to learn the <laughs> Heaven Seeker Archetype style. Assuming you're a monk. All right, <laughs> there's that. Uh, Actually, I don't even know if you have to be a monk. Let me see. Oh, that would be so good. Well, well, man, would you like it if Dougie also learned this secret too? Uh, you know what? The more the barrier. Yeah. I was gonna say it gives you a sparring partner. <laughs> Don't hit me hard, not in the face. I could be the worst monk sparring partner. Can multi-class in the month, by the way. Let's see. Yeah, anyone let's see, you have to be an expert in unarmed attack. Ew. And you could only be trained by a current or former member of the House of Perfection, is what it's called. Lomang, you That's can interesting. Actually, I this. think I can do that. I think I... Uh... You are an expert at unarmed attacks. Yeah. So you, too, can learn the Jamari Heaven Seeker archetype. What is it? That's not, I can't, I'm not seeing it in here, Lab, at all. Mm, that's right. It's an uncommon style that can be only taught from this man. Oh, nice. Wow. You can learn things such as Heaven's Thunder... With a loud shout, you unleash your key in crackling shroud of thunder and lightning that engulfs your body. I like it. Sounds like Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Dougie says, do I get a key? <laughs> you basically, you uh, can deal electricity or sonic damage with your attacks. Oh, there's the sky and heaven stance. So it's basically, oh man, holy crap, unarmed attacks do 1d10 slashing damage. How about mm, that? I like that. Nice. And you gain resistance, electricity, and sonic. Damn, man, this sounds pretty good. Sounds better than that crappy crane style you got right now. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, that, that, the thing is, the crane style, because of this feat that I just took, is, I think, the best. I, and I've looked at them all. Like, mm. I could I could beat Rob's character with that ability. That would be the equalizer. Like, he would lose to me if we were same level. Guaranteed. And we should test that at some point. They even have something here. Steal the sky. You make a successful unarmed attack against a flying creature. And then you deny the flying creature the support of the air. Wow. You have them come crashing down to the ground. Oh, oh, like that. Falling damage. <laughs> wow, falling damage. But now, are each of those monk feats... How does that work? Or can I could I just learn that? I'll send it to you. Hold on. Yeah, send it to me. I'll take a look. Because that see the the limiting factor is there's so many things you want to take with monk feats, and you only get one every other level. Hold on. But then again, like I I, I do I have been trying to find a way to do something other than bludgeoning damage. Dude, if someone gives you a chance to learn to put electricity on your strike, I think you take it. Well, I, I have Key Strike, which kind of does that, but I mean, this is like engulfing your whole body in electricity, which is, sounds really cool. It's like one of the seven storms. 
So this is um this is something very common in the adventure paths is that you will often have unique spells. That that always happens. You'll always have unique spells and you'll always have unique items. But they will also have unique archetypes and classes. I mean, you name it. They got a lot of things. In fact, in the one that we did with Jason, you got the Fire Kitty, which was unique to Plaguestone. Right. That was unique to Fall of Plaguestone, where you got a cat that was on fire and you could take it as your companion. Nowhere else in the game does that exist. So this like is that. a unique archetype that you can take. Anyone can take it, but because it's unique, you can only learn it from someone who knows it. Mm. And this person knows Actually, it. Actually, way back during one of our first, it may have even been back in the playtest, we played a we played an adventure where I was playing a monk and I got like a fire-based style that did like one. That was in um, Pathfinder Society, actually. That's in one of the books. That is one of the rewards. You get a, a special a monk style. So, yeah. It's a lot of cool stuff. Did I don't you, know. Did, this did, you, did, you, cool. did you link it? Yeah, I linked it in. A oh, okay, cool. Anyhow, while you're looking at that, he's listening to all and he looks at you and he's like, well, you seem to have found yourself in quite the adventure the sleepless sons will of course assist you in any way that we can though i do have one request for you you see i'll soon be meeting with the low council to negotiate utter home's funding for the next year i believe we're doing excellent and vital work here but outside the occasional fiasco with drunk pathfinder initiates we haven't had many cases as um, exciting, shall we say, as the one you're currently working on. It would be a great help in our cause if you can turn in any prisoners or evidence found in the Copperhand hideout to my officers for processing. I would, of course, find a suitable way to reward you in the future, such as the training of the Heaven Seeker to Lo Mang, Dougie, or anyone else who can accept my teachings. Nice. Well, we're all about uh, cooperating with our brothers in law enforcement, so... Yes, absolutely. We can. Fantastic. Reward is not necessary. That's good to hear. We all need to help each other out. We're all fighting the same battle, just in different parts of the city. That's so true! And, and Dougie takes out a book, and he's writing that down. Someone should tell that to the token guard. Yeah. Well, we was able to find out a little bit of information. We did a little bit of scouting, reconnaissance, if you will, about this hideout. It appears that this hideout of theirs is a sleeping house on the first floor. Somewhere where drunks can stay for a copper or two, get a hot meal, and then carry on their merry way. It's sort of a very cheap inn. The whole hideout itself is four stories high. And for what we know, the copper hands control the entire building. It's in a worn out tenement building in uh, Vudra town down in the foreign quarter. I would recommend that you go in using stealth, tactics, disguises. Because if you try to just run in there, I'm afraid a few things are going to happen. One... They'll probably overwhelm you with numbers. Two, 
they probably have a couple of hostages or people in there that they could sacrifice, which is not something any of us want. And three, they might be able to escape and then we'll lose any leads we have. So I would imagine the best course of action is for you to dress the part, perhaps come in looking like drunks or people who want to stay at the inn for a night or perhaps even thieves yourself who want to join the guild. It's not exactly a secret about this Copper Hands Guild and where they're at, so just be very discreetful in how you approach this. Do you have any questions? We can't uh, be... We, we, you want us to take our uniforms off. Is that what you're saying? Yes, yes. Oh. Undercover operations. Yes, yeah, it's an but... undercover operation. Definitely taking off your uniforms. Definitely taking off your badge. We could be off duty police though in our undercover role you can try that but i'm sure you would wake up dead Mm. the last time i took my uniform off i nearly got eaten by gelatinous cube yeah (laughs) well that's all right dougie's ready to muss himself up for the job he looks at you dougie and he says please please whatever you do don't go flashing your badge don't wear your collars don't be off duty just tactical stealthy approach that is how i would recommend you confront them like stealthy as in we are uh she's putting on outfits or stealthy as in hiding in shadows because well i imagine this is a pretty small tenement house and from what i know there's at least perhaps two dozen copper hands in this very small building. So you're going to have to really be careful how you go about. Otherwise, you're going to set off alarms left and right. Oh, that's not a problem because I know how to disarm alarms uh, and traps. No, no, no. This is people giving out the alarms to each other and then overwhelming you with numbers. Oh, I'm not good at that. (laughs) That's why I bring them all. Why don't we we, uh, pose on... down on our luck adventurers or something. Hmm. Yes, I would also recommend anything you have to quiet people. Maybe uh, some... Like a mall? <laughs> it's one tool fits all. <laughs> I, I, I'm, all I'm like fi- fireball, lightning bolt. I just got lightning bolt, fireball. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we got lots of tools to quiet people down. Well, like we're we're much we're much better. I think we're actually probably much better as as the riot cops than as the undercover cops. Yeah, we have to like (laughs) go in with a different mindset. It sounds like. Well, you can try that, but I have a feeling you're going to be overwhelmed in numbers quite quickly. Yeah, we've been. That's usually our standard operating procedure. (laughs) Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's try something different then. Well, we're in no rush. If you need a day or two to prepare, feel free. Yeah, Dougie's going to pace back and forth uh, in this store on tiptoe to practice. He's training. He's going back. You're you're like tiptoeing and everyone's looking at you at the the precinct like, what is this guy doing? You have stealth. I don't don't think the rest of us have stealth, but that's okay. I am trained in deception. I can lead. I'm trained in deception. I'm an expert in society. I can give you some pointers and how to how to pass. You, you you can speak ten languages and you know every local custom and you can blend in. Uh, yeah, I'm trained in theory. <laughs> I, I like I I have a background. Do you know what history. that reference is from? 
Oh yeah. <laughs> That's Indiana number Jones. three, I believe. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's up to you. You can do this Good however reference. you want. Uh, but just because Gomez is trained doesn't mean the other three are. So deception. Yeah, Dougie's not. He's not. Um, so, yeah, he, this is. Yeah, not not big on deception. Yeah, he's uh, minus one on deception as a thief, which is great. But yeah, I'm, I'm like, what about what about around. just a yeah? What about just a good old fashioned raid? It's like I know overwhelming numbers. Uh, I fireball. <laughs> as you say that, it goes. I hear your enthusiasm, but it's just not going to work. There's four stories. There's probably hostages, probably magical creatures in there. You can't simultaneously raid four stories at a time. We've done that. We, like we actually just well, you heard, you heard yeah. of the, you read the papers. You heard of the murder hotel? We did it at a lower level. And... Hostage situation. I'm uh, I'm the savior of everybody in the bank. Like, the, 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 what you're describing, that's our Thursday. Yeah, you're resting on Laurel. Yeah, but don't, so. don't, don't get too fancy. <laughs> like, oh, this guy so, is a... Someone's is a, reading their own so, press. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> so, but is there is there actually, like, in all seriousness, is there a, uh, a mechanic for somebody who's trained in something giving a benefit to other members of this party to also do that thing? Yes, yes. there is. All it's right, called so Follow the Lead. Okay, yeah. so so I think we'll, we're going to be doing that because because I, uh, I, I got the I got the plus twelve in deception. I got the plus twelve in diplomacy. Do you have follow the lead? Uh, is that like a, is that a is that? It's actually a, called follow the expert. It's an exploration activity, and it happens during exploration. So choose an activity attempting a reoccurring skill while exploring. Oh yeah, we all such get as to do that. Climbing yeah, so we do that. or performing. And the ally must be at least an expert with that skill. And while following the expert, you match the tactic oh. or attempt a similar skill check. Thanks to your ally's assistance, you can add a level of proficiency to the check, even if you're untrained. All right, so I'm an expert, no, he's in, not I'm an an expert, expert in, in society. <laughs> Would society apply to pass us off as we belong there? Probably deception. Well, if if the requirement is expert, it's society or nothing. Because I I got uh, I have, I'm trained. No, it's like in intimidation, diplomacy. You can make an impression. You can try society to parts of it, but it doesn't. All it does is that people can follow your lead, and they get bonuses on their rolls. But it's not like if you roll a twenty, everyone gets a twenty. That's not how it works. Guys, I hate to tell you this, but Dougie is not an expert in stealth. <laughs> he's level six, Oops. and he's not an expert in stealth. He's yeah, like trained. what's our plausibility here? Or, or do we just go? Or do we just? Or do we just go? Do we just get dressed up and go? I think we just uh, get. Why don't we up just and... like check into the inn as like adventurers in the short term? Sure. Yeah, that good idea. Great. So, good so we'll cover. go undercover. And then we at least have a reason to be there, and then we can, if we want to sneak around yeah, the inn and look around once we're in there, we can do that. Adventurers enjoying the festival, all that. Dougie is also going to dress I, I up think, like I think a thief. We're gonna be, I think we are going to be like in the, in the old Adam West Batman, where Batman tries to go undercover, and he's just laughably... <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah, he Dougie. I can't believe Dougie is not. He's an expert in survival, but not stealth. I don't know why I took survival. I am an expert. Is, in the, or is this in even a stealth thing? Or is this a stealth thing? Or is this like a performance? Well, know, no. Like if if we wanted thing. to creep through, you could 
follow me, but I'm yeah, not I'm not even. creeping either. I got, I got no, there, there's no stealth over here either. An untrained garbage. There's no sneaking. I'm not about yeah, but you got decks. Plus three, dude. Plus three. Plus three. Plus three. That's plus good. three at, at this and, level is like minus three. Uh, yeah, but uh, follow the leader. Well, it doesn't matter. I'm not expert in stealth. Is anybody here expert in stealth? We got counseled at the beginning of this campaign not to take stealth. I just like yeah, stealth. yeah. Stealth is not needed for this, to be honest. Stealth rarely comes into play. Yeah, and this that's is why also. I didn't take it. This you isn't can say even that, but it seems like every this chapter is not we're doing something that requires sneaking around. Right, but it requires sneaking in plain sight. Deception. Yeah, this right, is well, I be have deception. deception. I have the plus twelve deception. I'm trained plus twelve. Deception. I like is, it. That's your that's your bread and butter. Deception is your bread and butter. That's what you're going to be doing. All right. You're going to be deceiving people. Occasionally, maybe intimidating. Occasionally, diplomatizing. Those are the three key. Those are the cornerstones. Of what you're going to be doing from now and forever. Dougie's going to have to intimidate people because he's got minuses on his deception and performance. And but he uh, can survive. He, he knows how survive. to. He knows how to make Somebody fire some, out of sticks. <laughs> if they put a bowl of berries, Dougie will know which are the good berries to eat. Why survive? I know you're waiting because he's like he's got that underground thing. He's got survival. He's like. Right. It's gonna come in handy, guys. One day, well, one day yeah. you'll see. You'll yeah. see. But Dougie, I have good news for you. That day is coming, and oh, it's good. coming soon. I promise right. you. <laughs> I promise you, it's coming soon. This is not that day, but it is coming. I promise you. Dude, this uh, this Jal Mary Heaven Seeker is really good. <laughs> I told you, it's really good. It's, it's really, really, good. really good. He's it, like, it, it looks like it's a class, right? It looks like it's it an is... archetype. Okay, so that is like that's like multiclassing, right? Going it's in. basically equivalent of multiclassing. It's it, it's it's the for you, it's the equivalent of yeah. It's it's basically multiclassing. So when 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 I can get my next monk feat is when I could start this thing. You could also retrain and go backwards sure. and unlearn yeah. some crane stuff and take this instead. No, like I mean, I wouldn't necessarily unlearn the crane stuff. This is like because it's this is this is weird. It's not like uh, is it a stance? It is a stance. Some of the things are a stance. Some are not. Yeah, though. stances. It's awesome. I told you it was good. The, the Heaven's Thunder is really good. That's I I I am probably going to end up doing this also for the for the uh, fun of it. Speaking sky, the air speaks with you. You can precisely sense any motion within sixty feet through vibration of air movement. That is amazing. It's really good. It's really good. Basically, anything that's uncommon or rare that can only be taught. It's not that it's better they're very clear on that that uncommon does not mean better it doesn't have magic to gathering connotations however <laughs> i find that uncommon is usually pretty damn good i don't know if i would call it better but it's usually really good and rare stuff is also usually really good so anyhow for what it's worth it's good it's, it's good. good it's really good okay you guys I also gave in handouts the money you have and what you have in terms of consumables. You tell me. You're not totally on the clock. You can go now. You can go buy some stuff and then go. You tell me. Um, if you are going to go, let me know what spells you're taking, Jason, and anything else you're going to be preparing. Yeah, can we, can we just start with what's our goal and what's our approach? 
lock those things down and then that'll that'll help ah, us gomez that's a very good question as there's probably a lot of people at this hideout so this is what we need i need to have clear-cut evidence of illegal activities from the copper hand perhaps you can find i don't know stolen goods or log books or any other ample evidence of thieving and wrongdoing that would allow us to build a case against them. In addition, I imagine that there's a leader with lieutenants at this Copperhands Guild. I would hope that you could apprehend them. As for the other lesser rogues and miscreants, they're important, but they're not nearly as important. Obviously, if you could arrest them or detain them, that's important in the long term. But in the short term, look for evidence to put away the Copperhand Try to find out what their connection is with these weird clockwork creatures, the skinshaw, and anything else that you can find. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. All right, so how how like outside the box can we get with this? Because because to my mind, the thing that plays to our strengths would be to identify a a member of the Copper Hand, get grab him on the street. And then I use my, and then, and then we try to flip him. Like I use like diplomacy and intimidation to to flip him, make him become a formant, and then get information from him exactly where our target is, like where what's what's most likely, and use that to give us a higher chance of success when we actually infiltrate. That would be my approach. But if that's outside the scope, then and we're just supposed to go in, then let's just go in. Uh, I'll handle this for the GM. Yes, we'll be able to do all that. But the amount of information that we're going to get from these low-level uh, guys isn't going to be a shortcut to the bad guys. I, I agree with you, and and, you and, and never mind, never mind, never mind, low-level, like 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 a lieutenant-level person, or even a lieutenant. But the, the fact that there's four stories to this uh, to to this place means you know we're not. I mean, I. I don't even want to skip content because right, so then what you're attacked so, from behind. You know? So what we're supposed to do is disguise, disguise ourselves as members. I could use deception as a disguise. Like like there's a disguise function, as actual disguise function. Uh, and then we kind of wander around aimlessly inside, looking in doors and opening up drawers until we find something. We could also have a story, maybe that would explain our. Yeah, that's all part of deception. Sure. You know, are the oh okay, okay. Yeah, what when I'm what, what, see what would make most sense to me story wise is uh, we 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 grab a person on the street. We have it. We have a we have an RP session where we uh, uh, flip a, we flip and interrogate him, and then and then and then the and then the reward for that is the books are kept on the third floor, and so at least we have an idea as to where we're going and what we're doing, and then we go in. So we're not just so we're not just wandering around aimlessly in hallways looking at, looking in closets, not right. knowing where the hell anything is. Okay, so I actually want to. Uh mechanics question as far as this de- deception how often is that rolled for like an ongoing crawl through is it, is it like if Every there's five guys in people there... each time you meet new people i actually just read the skill and it and it, and it was actually interesting because it because it does uh, it does kind of really identify this scenario here let me read it for well you. i just have a minus one to my role so 
I am really going to be the weak link in the group. Yeah, it is impersonate. Concentration, exploration, manipulate, secret. You create a disguise to pass yourself off as someone or something you are not. Assembling a convincing disguise takes 10 minutes and requires a disguise kit, but a simpler, quicker disguise might do the job if you're not trying to to imitate a specific individual at DM's discretion. So, like, like normally, like, I would disguise myself as, as, as like, a person, like I was a doppelganger for the full use, or uh, we just kind of hop something together. In most cases, creatures have a chance to detect your deception only if they use the seek action to attempt perception checks against your deception DC. If you attempt to directly interact with somebody while disguised, the GM rolls a secret deception check for you against the creature's perception instead. If you're disguised as a specific individual, the GM might have creatures uh, you interact with a circumstance bonus based on how well they know the person you're imitating, or the GM might roll a secret deception check even if you aren't directly interacting with others. All right, so what I what I read from that is everybody in the party gets disguised and all of you shut the hell up like you're like you're in uh it, it's kind of like uh it's kind of like uh in the quentin tarantino movie where they're uh, exactly where they're World War II. how much how much glorious bastards right right a little right right <laughs> so where they got guys, caught within 30 right. seconds though. exactly but you, you guys don't speak exactly but you guys don't speak any german you just you shut, shut the hell up and i'm the one that makes all the rules and i'm the one that talks to everybody and there and that gets around your minus to your yeah deception. i could be, i could be the chewbacca of the group. exactly exactly so this and this is what the options are yeah, I like that idea. And so this is this is you trick the creature if it's on a success, you trick the creature into thinking you're a person you're disguised as. You may have to attempt a new check if your behavior changes. Failure, the creature can tell that you're not who you claim to be. Critical failure, the creature can tell you're not who to complain to be, and it recognizes you if we know you without a disguise. <laughs> so it's like he sees through my. He's like, "You're Gomez. I saw you in the paper." That's pretty funny. But but it actually seems pretty lenient, like because we're not trying to disguise ourselves as specific individuals. We're just trying to disguise ourselves as people who belong there. Yeah, if I was trying to disguise myself as Henry Pratchett because I have his cane, then, right. then they'd have a better chance of knowing that I'm not that person. And I'm a Tengu, but but if I just caught passing myself off as a generic adventurer in the foreign quarter where the Pathfinder Society operates, that's probably pretty lenient. That, but but you have a but you have an interesting point. Uh, hypothetically, according according to the way this this is this is according to what the text says, if if we go and buy a disguise kit and we take ten minutes and I borrow your cane, I could disguise myself as Pratchett, literally as Pratchett, and and be Pratchett walking in there with with his uh, with his benefits. I just have. I, I don't just think there's any value disguising as Pratchett, but that was just an example. Well, or you know, or, or or like a specific like a specific individual that would have value with them. You could be Dougie. That's true. I could decide myself as you. Oh Jesus! I could be Christ. anyone. <laughs> I am Darkman. I am Darkman. Who is Darkman? <laughs> so so, but but that's but this looks pretty good. Like just to back it up a second, this looks pretty good. So uh, we so we could just all disguise ourselves as gang members. Everybody with a crappy role, keep your mouth shut. Don't interact with anybody. People with good roles do, and we use that to navigate. The ground floor and try to get access to places we shouldn't and look inside of, and look inside of closets and see, see what they have in their medicine cabinet yes i'm okay with that let's do it so what do you think yeah let's do it love it why are we going for gang member and not just adventurer just to get access to the building i, I don't know because adventurer is lower ri- if it's just to get yeah. in and have a plausible reason to be there adventurer is lower risk than trying to pretend we're part of the gang uh, that's, that's a worthy conversation I was, I was thinking just like anything to get in but now you raise a point 
if we're disguising ourselves as actual gang members, wouldn't we have better access? Like, you know, like an adventurer, somebody walks into a room we shouldn't be in and they see an adventurer, alarm. Somebody walks into a room where we shouldn't be in, fellow gang member, maybe not alarm. Yeah, but the thing that, that's dubious about it is like, okay, so for, for example, my fraternity, right? If like four random people came in off the street and, and tried to disguise themselves as members of my fraternity, like I know immediately that that's bullshit. Well, what like, if they have the right T-shirt? But, but, but the funny thing is, the way these unless rules they're are from written, like another because, chapter. Be, you know? No, I got to tell you, because we're in this fantasy world, I can spend ten minutes with a disguise kit that I buy that I buy at Kmart and impersonate you, Chris Beamer, in right. your fraternity, and <laughs> people will fall for it. Wow! According to these rules, but so, then you need people so that not, the, we're not that... talking about. We're not talking about real life in that way. We're we're talking. We're, we're much talking about movie real life. Well, you'd like, also like have to be game. drunk. Mission as Impossible. Chris <laughs> exactly. Well, that's not, Paris. that's, that's not hard. But Paris, Paris for Mission Impossible. But you would have to find four actual members and disguise yourself to look like yeah. them. I, I but that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying we don't find actual members. We just disguise. We capture we use, their we use, stunt doubles. We we, we <laughs> like we we are we don't use the, the specific individual. We we do the easier a type of person like right, you know, and then the first different. guy wants his secret handshake. Or like we're not going to know any of that. Oh, Ducky has a tattoo. That's where lie comes in. That's where then there's lie. Mm. Ducky like, has a tattoo. Ooh ooh, Ducky. Oh, has you have a, a good tattoo. tattoo. You have a jail tattoo. Yeah, I have a jail tattoo. No, that's your other character. You oh, get that's your right. That's Mr. Oh, Peepers. <laughs> Mr. Peepers. I'm, I'm trying to think of Mr. Peepers is into the it's it it's roll for combat into the Peeperverse. Oh. Man, all right. Well, maybe he'll like carry Mr. Peepers on his back or something. So anyway, so so the, the, my my so like having that discussion, my inclination would be to try to disguise ourselves as the people who would most plausibly have the most access with the least janitor. Uh, yeah, with with the with the least with with least specificity, and for and that sounds like gang member to me. Janitor. Night crew. All right, oh, that's true. I'm not... Or servant, servant. Are, are there servants? We could disguise ourselves as servants. The help. I mean, I'm not trying to be difficult. Could we do multiple different versions? I mean, maybe, maybe two of us go in as guests, and two of us try to get in as. So if one fails, the other still works. Uh, I, I need to. Who follow. else? Who else is trained in deception? Yeah, I, I can't do that. No, not me. Yeah, I can only follow Gomez, unless Basil. Or, or Basil, are you trying I feel to like you're. I feel like this is overcomplicating a little. No, bit. But, I feel are, like are, the main goal is to get into the have a plausible reason to be in the building, and then we start snooping around. Well, the, the reason why I ask is because any if there's two people traded deception and two people could have interactions and, and and be able to make the check. If there's only, if I'm the only one with trained deception, then I'm only I'm the only one making the check. So basically, you guys are all follow on my coattails so, yeah so being different would make sense if the, if we have two people uh, then we could be two then we could be two two two, two archetypes like, i am uh, untrained in deception yeah dougie's just gonna put on groucho march i am groucho i'm good at the social like social wise i'm good in diplomacy and stuff like that but i'm not good in like i'm trained in diplomacy but not deception and intimidation well, there we are. Oh, that's, and, and that's society. Our, that's our answer. We got society. one person. I'm, I'm good for fancy social situations. I'm not good for this stuff. So okay. uh, I, I also like the idea. So let's, let's decide Let's decide what are disguises. Somebody mentioned uh, servants. Like, are there servants there? Because servants have access to everybody and nobody pays attention to them. That would be a perfect thing. Like, do they have servants? I think that's going to be a lot of servants at once. Yeah, and then I don't want somebody saying, here, hand out this food to... 
and I don't know where to go with the food, and that 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 is actually that that, that exact that. thing happened in that in the Dori Hidoro anime. It was the most hilarious thing on the face of the earth. <laughs> like he tried to sneak in as like uh, like as a servant, and he kept on getting tasked with jobs. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like I'm, I'm like all of a sudden an entire evening just serving hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Okay, yeah. yeah so, okay, so that's a good reason to not. Let's do that. let's let's be uh, let's be uh, gang gang members, and it, and if if they call our bluff, then they'll say, oh, we're uh, Dougie or whoever gets caught. Uh, they're they're looking to become a gang member. Lomang, what do you say? Um, I I like the idea of going in as adventurers, disguising ourselves as adventurers. All right, I'll do it. I, I, it just seems too risky because okay. someone's gonna know like you're not in the gang, like unless you're from another chapter, you know. But uh, you know what? I I agree with you from a realistic standpoint, but the way the deception skill works, exactly the opposite. Like uh, like like I could describe like according to that, I I disguise myself as as Barack Obama and walk to the White House. Right. Okay. So so then with, Can with you that, talk like that who way? would you disguise yourself as? You don't know. Who, like right. But no. But that that's like and that, that's like that's like spending the 10 minutes and having to, and having to spend money on a uh, on a disguise kit like if you choose if you i'm not to do that then, then you could just it would be a generic person with like nothing like you know like i go in the bathroom for five minutes and I'd be Let, let's just be adventurers because people won't want information from us like yeah yeah so i said i agree that's right, so, so adventurers so we're a party of adventurers we, we look like adventurers you should get a disguise kit anyways and then you could go into the bathroom and and disguise yourself as needed there maybe that's smart all right so yeah we might uh, still want to make ourselves the... not look like us just in case we happen to have run into any of these people i love it well wait i go i go to the store how much is the disguise kit two gold i i buy one do you have to buy four <laughs> i buy four <laughs> I, I, actually, I don't know if you actually have to, uh, actually uh, i can't buy four i only have seven gold pieces you could chip in with community gold all right, well, I buy one for myself. Everybody else deal with it. Do, does everyone need one? This or? small wooden box contains cosmetics, false facial hair, spirit gum, and a few sample wigs. That's what I want to say. I want to see Gomez <laughs> with a big... Rainbow wig. wig. Like a big rainbow wig afro. Yeah. That's what Gomez looks like. <laughs> Lomang has, like, long, blonde, flowing hair. Mm-hmm. Do Tengu have hair? See, now wigs? I'm immediately now I'm almost immediately regretting switching out of the whole long nose form because that thing I had at level five was a to be able to disguise myself as a kind of funky looking human. And what does he do? When will I, I ever use that? When I'm gonna will I ever take use that. that? Out. Why would I, why would I need that? I'm gonna Steve. Can I remove that and take eat fortune? Okay. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> Bad timing. You know, Whatever. Dougie is actually going to take his ring off that hides all his armor. So if he instantly wants to disguise uh, as a civilian, uh, all he has to... He's going to dress up as, like, a rogue underneath his armor. And then if he needs to look like a rogue, he just needs to put the ring on, and then his armor and weapons disappear. Gomez, may I interest you in the Elite Disguise Kit? Which gives you a plus one tier checks for forty gold pieces. Ah, no, no, pass, pass. <laughs> yeah, and that's uh, forty gold. Is that for? It's uh, forty silver pieces. Is that? Uh, that's forty gold. No, four hundred silver pieces is forty gold. Right, right, right. Uh, I I can't afford it. Okay, the elite. It comes with uh, comes with 
Additional wigs. Mm-hmm. Uh, can, can I uh, get the elite replacement cosmetics for just those pieces that I need for specifically this eventuality? Sure. And not have a generic for everything for in the world. For 38 gold pieces. <laughs> what a bargain. All right, well, I have seven gold pieces. It's called replacement cosmetics. Yeah, forget that. That's nonsense. Yeah, just that's get the, silly. Do we, do, we, do we need to have four kits to all be disguised? Is that no. how it works? No. Okay, so, I buy, so I buy a kit. Two you can buy one kit and everyone can use it. Okay. I buy it. One kit. I buy it. All right. So hold on to that, and then maybe we'll find a chance where we, like, you can, like, we could knock a guy out and then disguise yourself as that well, guy. If we're know? going as adventurers, I mean, yeah, we don't need a disguise, right? No, but I'm just saying if we want to do it on the fly, like, if there's a, if an opportunity oh. presents itself where no. we like, like, we see a guy we'd like to. And, and, it's still and not it, a terrible it, thing to have on hand. Absolutely. Yeah. And, it, and if it's not for the RP, God, we've been in the newspaper. Like, we're, we're going to change our appearance a little I bit. I know. I know. We have to. Yeah. So, we're way too famous now. So, uh, for the two gold pieces, yes. Uh, and, and, like, and, and, uh, and I apply some and I apply some basic cosmetics to, 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 to genericize our appearance a bit so we're not easily recognizable. Well, there's, actually, we're, there's one other question. Do we want to check in at different times because a goblin an orc a tengu and a human running around together they walk into a bar i know I was just gonna say. <laughs> there, there might not be that many adventuring parties that match that composition so well, i don't know dougie's human so he doesn't have a problem he doesn't need to uh well and, and loma and what's uh well, I'll, I'll wear like Gomez shoes. is changing his 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 uh, race, right? I'll wear shoes and long pants so they can't see. Oh like, God! Like, uh, uh, I'm just, just like, dude, uh, like disguise, disguise. I am now a hobbit. You know, like like yep. you're not a, you're you're not a Tengu. You're an elf. I'm like a half orc. Yeah, you're a half. You're a half orc. We we change our appearance. We change our appearance so we'll, so we'll blend in. There, done. <laughs> wow. We do it. You Clark Kent it up. Exactly. You put on the glasses. Who are these four handsome humans? Side of I, I move the part of my hair to the, the other side of my head. Oh, who is that? Where, where, uh, where, where'd Basil go? I put Where'd on he a go? <laughs> Can't see him. Who's this in front of me? I, I put on a fedora. And Let me know when you are ready. I, I, are we ready? We're ready. All right, yeah. let's do a little ready. Quick, a couple quick shopping things. Okay. 30 gold for three doses of... Hold on a second. What is it? It's like Citalesh or Cytalesh Venom. Well, the Cytalesh Venom, you already had two doses left. Well, no, I had I had the Hunting Spider Venom, and I only have one dose of that left. Oh, you already bought the Cytalesh. Uh, oh, I did? When did I do that? Hold on. I don't remember doing Cetalish that. Cytalesh Oil. Uh, you bought it on february 17th for 30 gold you already bought it. oh okay i didn't need it because i also had the hunting spider venom okay right yes so i have one dose of hunting spider still in the stick okay well that, that's that saves me 30 gold then uh though i do also want to get a scroll of long strider cheater because i'm stealing one of hap's moves from the other show i'm going to teach myself long strider because the second level long strider is good for eight hours which if you've only got Is it one really? Yeah, if you've only got one spell to cast at each level, one that lasts for eight hours might be not a bad idea. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. So wait, are you gonna try to teach it to yourself in the book in your Yeah, if we've got time. I mean it's only like what, an hour per level, I think. Sure. But then you have to sleep and go the next day because you have to learn it. But yeah, that's fine. Well actually for this gig I may be slotting invisibility at second level. But I still want to get the scroll as long as we're doing shopping. 
Okay. You get the scroll, and the scroll is second level, 12 bucks. Okay. I'll pay that. Yeah, that is a that is a good cheap way to increase your movement speed for the entire day. It's actually really good. Is it double your speed? What does it do? It's an uh, extra 10 feet of 10 speed. 10 feet. For that's, eight hours. That's pretty good. It's really good. I wonder if I can find a way to get that. Yeah, at first level, if the first level cast is just like a couple rounds or whatever, a minute or something. But then the, if the heightened second level cast is eight hours. You actually can. If you have someone cast a spell for you, there's a fee to it. It's like probably like, I don't know, it's like 15 gold. Mm. Something like that per day. It's like you wake up every day, have someone cast Longstrider on you. Well, I don't want to get... I mean, if you say it's 12 gold, you say it's 12 gold, but... I can... Oh, I'm talking about for, for Chris. If I wanted it. If he wanted it. But no, for me, learning the spell, can I just get the first level spell for my per- for the spell book? Yeah. Oh, if you want to get the first level spell, then yes. Because it's still the same spell, it's just heightened, but... Yes, learning... you... So then you can get... Um... I'm just looking to save a little money, but it doesn't... I mean... I think... That is a good question. I don't know. I don't know. Because heightening, re- heightening refers to what slot you put it at. It doesn't refer to the the actual core spell. And if you're Correct. doing it, okay, if you're doing it into a potion or whatever, that's one thing. Well, this is going into your spell book, right? Correct. Yeah. So that should work. The first. Yeah, level and then you heighten it. So I'll give you the four gold version. All right. Hey, look at that! Always looking for the angle, saving them eight golds. Good job. Or buy a really fancy dinner with that other eight gold. <laughs> uh, Anything else? Are we, are we invited? <laughs> um, I think that's it for now. Um, actually, you know what? Give me. I, I don't know how many we're gonna be able to use with the. Uh, I'll take another two sleep arrows. I don't know how we're gonna. Guess in what? A, what? I already gave it to you. In an indoor situation, I don't how, know how many of those I'm gonna be able to use with the bow, but I'll, I'll grab two them. of them. Okay, I already cool. I gave them to you before we even started because I read your mind. So well, that's th- like that thirty foot gold. Yeah, that thirty <laughs> foot radius or whatever is gonna be a little tough with a in an indoor facility, but a very small indoor. Yeah, facility. I'm thinking like walking down the halls of a Holiday Inn or something and try to fire a bow. That's not exactly practical. <laughs> By the way, Chris, to have Long Strider cast on you, level two is seven gold. That's it. Really? Yeah. Interesting. And it'll last all day. Anything else? Anyone else wishes to buy or do? You have 116 gold left, Basil. I'm good for now. Long haul, I've realized I didn't actually pick any snares for my snare crafting spell book or recipe book, but I'll do that later. I know I'm not going to use that for now. Okay. Well, let me ask you a question. So how much does a level two version of, of Long Strider cost? The scroll, let's say. The scroll would cost twelve bucks. You can use it; doesn't matter. Yeah, but then I could give it to him. I, can. I could give it to to Gomez or or or, or uh, Basil. Basil. But isn't it self? Them. I thought it was self. Uh, if it says self, then you can't Ooh, do it. Oh wait, that's hold on. depressing me. Don't depress me. I want to move fifty. <laughs> <laughs> I already moved forty. It's like, oh, just... it's self. Yeah, yeah, I, I went down this road. Like, I actually bought the scroll long strider, and I was very disappointed when I couldn't cast it on somebody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't say that anymore. It's implied. It's they did it to save space, so you have to read the description, and it says you lengthen your stride, which means it's personal. It doesn't. Say yeah, and in, in the stat section, it doesn't. It doesn't. Is say there a potion? Equi- is there a potion or equivalent mm-hmm. potion to, to Longstrider? 
Probably not. Like potions. Potion, I mean, there of, might fa- be. potion of fancy feet or something. There might be. There's probably. I mean, there was that thing in in Dungeons and Dragons. Um, what was that? The one that everyone always got that gave you extra speed. The boots of Longstrider or something. I forgot what those were called. Oh yeah, the boots of striding and springing. Yeah, that was it. Boots of striding and springing. There's boots of speed, but um, that ain't cheap. Three thousand gold pieces, and all they give you is plus five. One day, oh, I guess we'll pass the hat for that. <laughs> uh, wow! So you can either get Longstrider for seven gold a day. Well, well actually, I mean, eventually my speed is going to get to, like, ridiculous numbers anyways. It's kind of stupid to min-max that. Although, oh, it God. increases my jump. <laughs> He's going to be leaping all over the place. All right. Enough. Enough with the disguises. Enough with the with the everythings. Is everyone... Is people ready? What are you ready? Totally you ready. Yeah, I think we're ready. Dougie is done tiptoeing back and forth. Okay. You're done tiptoeing. You get some directions. You know where to go. Are you going there? Oh, one more quick thing. Is there enough evidence that even there is an existence of a leader of the Copper Hand? Yes. All I need is enough evidence that such a person exists. I don't actually need to know who it is, but I will set it as the target of one of my investigations. Okay, you make a note of that so we don't forget. What does that do? Does that get a uh, plus against Non-combat that Non-combat that gives me like a plus to any sort of like checks related to investigating. Like, you know, questioning yeah. and, you know... Expeditious investigations? Inspections and searches and stuff like that. In combat, it makes my devise a stratagem a free action against that person. Sweet. And that that's good for Dougie, right? Uh, it's good for one of the two of you. It'll probably be, it'll be probably be you because of the mall, but still. Sweet. Yeah, with that Lil Mank doesn't need any bonuses. He's always hitting. I could use a bonus. <laughs> yeah, you need a Well, it'll depend on who's closer. Bonus. At, the end, at the end of the day, yeah, it'll depend on who's in the right it'll position. Be, it'll be whoever has the best weapons, probably. But best. in general, I'm inclined to try to get that mall to crit more often. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, you work on your disguises, you go shopping, you wait until it's dark outside, because that's probably the best time to go. You follow the directions, and you find, sure enough, a worn-out tenement building in Veruta Town, a neighborhood in the foreign corner. You see the tenement building, it's quite unremarkable. It's a four-story terrace house. It's it's squarely in the middle of a stretch of nearly identical buildings in the northern side of perhaps the ironically named Richmore Street. The building shares its side walls with the adjacent buildings on the east and west side. Curtains obscure all the windows on the street side, and you see a single front door. The building itself appears to be quite squat, about 45 feet across and maybe 30, 35 feet deep. This is a small building. Four hmm. stories high. Yeah, they might be using magic. What do you do? You've been listening to Roll for Combat, Agents of Edgewatch. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at RollForCombat.com. 
You can also find us and play various games on our Discord channel at discord.rollforcombat.com.